can see the way they hate And I know better than to listen to the people who are calling us names I can feel the Well, good morning, everyone. My name's Brian, and today is Wednesday, November 29th, 2023, and this is episode 578 of the Lots Project podcast, where we're defining norms and designing freedom. Today's episode is titled Skills I've Learned as an RV Nomad, and I thought I would just chat about some of the skills I've acquired uh, as a nomad, building, testing, living in our RV, pretty much the whole um, cycle from the time that we decided to take off. I've been acquiring new skills to make life uh, easier and I guess so we could make it through. So I want to chat about that a little bit today. But first, let's grab a cup of coffee, catch up with what's going on in the live chat, and we will dive into that topic in just a little bit. Good morning. Good morning. How is everyone doing? Morning, Backwoods Butcher. How are we doing? Rewilder Life msu rifle and uh, greenberry grove stopping in already and hunter over on twitch thanks for swinging in oh it is uh balmy 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 23 degrees here in tennessee the last i checked a little bit before the show and uh sitting a little sitting over 50 50 55 ish in the camper so that's good uh wood stove fired all night it was fantastic and um yeah, we only had to get up. I think we each got up once last night to uh, to stoke the fire, so it turned out not bad, not bad. Uh, the the uh, firewood I was able to acquire from Jamie over at Off Grid Ping, man, it is a game changer for sure. Just the the sheer amount of heat that is um, is put out when the wood is actually dry and not uh, semi dry or uh, or even a little bit that uh, this stuff that he had was well seasoned. I think a year and a half, he said, or more. So that um, that is uh, fantastic. Good morning, Jim. How we doing? And Rewilder Life said needing some major rare caffeine this AM because of the dogs. What could the dogs possibly have to do with you needing caffeine, Rachel? Jeez, jeez. It's the just. It's just a puppy. It is just a puppy. Jim says it's 40 in Florida and he doesn't want to go out outside. Oh man, if Pip, maybe Pip uh, isn't here this morning because he's frozen. Maybe Pip is frozen and uh, yeah, man, man. Good thing he won a hat and uh, did he win mittens in a hat or a hat at the uh, SRF? <laughs> oh, we thought he would never use it, but he uh, he needs to uh, to use it too. Backwards Butcher says, I get it, Rachel, because of kids. You, mm, mm, yep, kids, kids and dogs are are quite the same. <laughs> oh, rewilder life is barefooting in forty degrees. Yeah, I I was outside barefoot this morning and it was crunchy underneath the the carpet that we have outside the RV. I go out to um to do the morning the morning duty and uh, also not the morning duty duty. But uh, <laughs> clean out the French, my French press, and um, yeah, it's uh, it was crunchy underneath the the RV carpet, and uh, the the grass was pretty crunchy. So backwoods butcher says I haven't met his kids. I can only imagine. I can only imagine uh, um, 
crossing you and your wife and popping out chitlins, I can only imagine what those uh, what those little terrorists are like. So, um, hmm. Put a snow up in Michigan. I don't miss that. I don't miss that for sure. Uh, what do I have in the coffee chat this morning? Uh, Want to remind everybody: three hundred and twenty-five thousand Satoshi giveaway on Friday. Uh, episode topic is set. It's going to be a big Bitcoin update show. I've been uh, bouncing around the web. I've been um, poking around here and there. Obviously, there's big news with uh, Janet Yellen and her her little speech she made. And then Wallet of Satoshi, some other things. So I figure I could do a just variety, variety topic show on Bitcoin. If you have any questions or topics that you'd like me to touch on in that, please let me know. I will get them on the list. Um, as as late as tomorrow, probably I'll have time to look into something, even if I don't know right offhand anything to uh, talk about with that. But uh, yeah, Bitcoin update on Friday and big old Satoshi giveaway. Um, other than that, I, uh, <laughs> I was sitting, uh, I was sitting there this morning making my, my, my coffee and I had cleaned out the French press outside. Like I said, I was just sitting there looking at it and I started to wonder how, um, how many French presses I've made with this with this Mueller stainless steel French press that I recommend. Uh, it's the one on Amazon. It's it's pretty stock. I actually went and looked at it this morning uh, in my order history to see when I bought this particular one. And I've used it over a thousand times. Just averaging one a day, it's over a thousand times. But add in all the double presses, I don't think I've gone a day maybe a day, maybe two um, in that time period since uh, October of 2020 that I haven't had at least one French press. Usually it's uh, it's more than one. So this uh, this French press has seen over a thousand uh, brews of coffee. And I was, I was just curious. And when I pulled it up, it's actually 25% off. So I grabbed a link for that. I put it in the video description just because I was fascinated by that. And sometimes I wonder... Um, and yeah, October, 2020. And the thing is like new, like it works flawlessly every day. That's the nice part about, uh, no mechanical parts. It's just basically a screen, uh, well, three screens and, uh, and a plunger. So over a thousand times and, uh, it is still kicking good. I just threw that link for the, the Mueller 34 ounce stainless steel French press in the, in the video description, in the audio description and the comments, uh, this morning. So check it out. If you're looking for one, if you're looking for one for, um, a gift, definitely check out the Mueller. It is uh, it is a solid piece of equipment and at $30, I guess, if I've used it over a thousand times, that's, uh, that's, that's getting something out of it. So Colombian today again, light Colombian from Food Forest Farms. If you need something to put in that French press, but uh, man, it's uh, it's just a solid light roast. It's uh, it's phenomenal, and I enjoy it every time I have it. So glad that I had it up in the cupboard. Um, just a random thing that popped up yesterday. I sent Kyle the message. He he knows what I'm gonna gonna talk about, but. Uh, I signed on. Corey was uh, Corey was sending me some TikToks. She was she was zoning out, relaxing after work. Sent me some TikToks, 
And I was watching those and I went into my profile and had this notification. And I'm like, couldn't clear it. I had some people had liked, um, a, liked a couple of videos that I put up earlier in the day. I, um, I watched all the, I watched all the videos that Kyle had sent me. I watched all the videos that Corey sent me and I still have this notification sitting there and I'm like, what the hell is it? I can't find it. Uh, I went to the create, there was a little red dot. I don't know if you haven't used, um, Hey Pip, you thought out enough to join us. Thanks. I hope you're doing okay. We heard it is, um, we heard it is pretty cold there so we wanted to make sure you weren't you weren't frozen or anything and you got your hot hat on today um anyway so i found a little red dot in the profile in tiktok and it said you are now able to go live and i'm like what i was under the impression that you needed a thousand followers on tiktok to go live I have like 800 and some, 835, 840, something like that. I don't know if um, it's a combination of the number of videos you posted, uh, the number of followers, uh, length of account. I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden they turned it on uh, for me. So that was an unplanned, um, that was unplanned. I had, I had kind of <laughs> contemplated lives when I was doing graveyard account. And I was able to go live on there. I was trying to figure out um, how to make it work, what to use it for, and how to benefit myself from it. Um, because I think that's the goal in any of this. But um, yeah, I hadn't really contemplated it much uh, because I wasn't pushing the TikTok as much. Like I was focusing a little on the the podcast, on some a few other things. I was doing some uh, some side work here and there, and I really wasn't focusing on growing that and because i was so far off on a thousand followers i hadn't really brainstormed what to do like people do all sorts of different things on tiktok live i i'm not going to probably set up a video while i sleep or anything like that like these some of these people do but there's got to be something that um that'll come up that'll come up for sure so it's time to start messing around with that a little bit here and there uh, figure out if it's something I want to do, if I want to pursue um, Hunter says a bikini live. Man, <laughs> after after uh, the last couple of years on the road, I tell you, um, I could probably fill out a nice bikini top. <laughs> this is a little bit small. Um, <laughs> Hunter says you, not her. I assumed that you were talking about me. <laughs> Oh, back with Butcher said you could just uh, yell at people like I do. Uh, channel my inner John Willis and just yell at people to tell me what to talk about. <laughs> you don't have anything for me to talk about? Fine, I'm leaving. <laughs> I mean, it worked. It worked that day, didn't it? Oh, man. So that'll be interesting. I'm uh, I'm excited to mess around with that and figure out how I want to do that. Um I'm curious if I can roll it through my laptop because that would be interesting too. I think uh, I've done some stuff on TikTok desktop and I don't know if that functionality will be there, obviously, because I didn't have access to it. Um, but I don't know if that functionality will be there. It would make it, um, I think it would make it easier in some aspects. 
I don't know. I don't know. It'll be uh, it'll be fun. It was uh, in the evening last night when I found out and I had other things I wanted to do. So it got put on the back shelf for now. So um, speaking of those other things that I did uh, yesterday, I had a question about the Blockstream Jade. <laughs> yeah, guys, MSU Rifle says do the free thing or removing this to Patreon. Yeah, hit those likes, hit the subscribes, hit the shares, all that fun stuff. Uh, thank you. Thanks, MSU. I appreciate that. Um, I had a question about the Jade, the Blockstream Jade hardware wallet that I had been kind of sitting on. Uh, I was contemplating how I wanted to um, accomplish verifying my thoughts. Um, <laughs> that's right. That's right. I miss you. Uh, John's other tactic is, yeah, do the free shit or I'm going to have to make you pay to watch it. Yeah, perfect. That's right. <laughs> uh, I've been contemplating how I wanted to test out um, uh, the question. Like, so the question was, what happens if I buy a Blockstream Jade, I create a wallet, I fund the wallet, and um, I then something happens to it? Like, what what happens? Can I recover my wallet? Do I need to have another Jade? Um, do I need to have a Jade in, in conjunction with the software wallet I use to set it up? Is there any way you can move that a little bit? No, maybe. I can, but it doesn't. It won't change anything. All right. Sorry, guys, if there's a big old rattle in the background. It's actually tinging my ear at the frequency it's at right now, so it's very uh, interesting. Sometimes I don't know what the... It doesn't change it. I appreciate you. Um, anyway, uh, what to do. What to do if the, the device dies. What to do if you lose a device. Um, and I had a feeling that it was, um, I had a feeling that it would just be recoverable in any, any similar software wallet. I, I had a feeling. <laughs> so I wanted to be able to test it. I want to be able to verify it. So I was going to, I needed to create a new wallet on the Jade. I sent myself uh, a small amount of Bitcoin. I ended up clearing out um, Exodus actually on uh, an old phone I had, or on Corey's phone, I had another phone I, I was gonna do it on, but the wallet on there had some stuff in it I didn't wanna mess around with. And so I cleared out, um, I cleared out Corey's Exodus wallet, and I used the seed phrase that I set up on the Jade and recovered it in the Exodus wallet. So verifying that if something happens to the jade if something happens to whatever software wallet that you are using the jade with <laughs> that your funds won't be lost if jade if blockstream goes out of business and they're not available if you can't get yourself a jade if the technology changes your seed phrase is going to be recoverable in a similar software wallet using your 12 words or your 24 words whatever you set up so that was a concern uh, of somebody's if they would just wanted to use it, pack it away in a time capsule and and open it in 20 years. What if? Um, I think this really solidifies the fact that it's not going anywhere. So there is that. 
there is is that it uh it went through so um Blockstream Jade in the in the video description in the audio description with 10% off with the lots project the discount code the lots project hit the hit that link and um yeah get a little kickback that uh if you buy it very very affordable hardware wallet at coming in under I think with the 10% off it is actually under under $60 I think it comes out to under $60 maybe a little more with shipping but can't beat that can't beat that and uh just to clear up question somebody uh somebody also asked what it is like how it works basically the jade holds your private keys and you need it it keeps them offline seed phrase private keys similar similar uh similar things there just one is uh, in different form than the other um but it holds it offline. It keeps it secure. You need the device to actually send Bitcoin um, to to interact with a software wallet that it's paired with. Basically, basically, it's like a um, it's like a two step uh, two step authentication process. You go to send it in the in the software wallet, and you need to have your Jade. Uh, somehow connected to your device, whether that be by USB-C cable, by Bluetooth. Um, yeah, there's several ways. You can use QR code scanning back and forth between, uh, say, a phone and the device. But basically, you need to interact with the device to authorize the the sending of the Bitcoin. Makes it a little more secure. Uh, if you have, say, Exodus is uh, is one example that people are familiar with. If you have that on your phone, and um, somebody steals your phone, they can send all your Bitcoin because all the stuff is is saved right on your phone or in the Exodus cloud. So this is just a little layer added layer of security, making sure that uh, people have to have more than more than just your phone to uh, to steal your Bitcoin. So there you go. That was a little update for that. Um, man, we're well over 15. Let's uh, let's roll into that topic that I had for today. Um, skills that uh that i and we uh we have acquired Corey and i were talking about this morning she she came up with as many as i did um sitting here but we're uh we're talking about skills that we've acquired on the road um as a full-time rv nomad uh i went back and started with when we first bought the rv and started contemplating the things that I've learned, things that I had to adjust about my life, um, and the differences. Like any difference in your current life, you've had to learn to adapt to that. You've had to learn that skill. So um, let's start at the beginning, man. I I, I learned about RVs. Like really, um, I'm a I'm a maintenance background, technical background type of guy, but I never really worked on an RV. <laughs> I'd never owned one. I had spent some time in them as a kid, but never, my family never had one. It was if a friend, um, if we went on a trip, if we had somebody, an acquaintance that had one that we were in, never really, never really took a camping trip in one per se. And Corey and I didn't, um, didn't own one or spend, um, I don't think we really spent any time in an RV together before that. <laughs> So what a wild, weird idea uh, as new RV people to decide to just grab one, retrofit it, and hit the road. So, yeah, starting from zero on that aspect. 
a lot of the skills that I needed to retrofit it um, intertwined with other things that I was familiar with. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But the biggest, um, the biggest, uh, I guess, utility uh, system system in the RV that I had to learn was the solar. Um, the solar was probably, I think when, when it was finished, I realized that the solar project for this RV was probably the biggest complete project that I had ever undertaken from learning about it, figuring out what we needed and what we could accommodate on our trailer to the system design, which I had a bunch of help with. Um, and uh, I couldn't have done it by myself, but I didn't want to buy a pre-stock kit. I had done enough research to realize that, um, you know, one size fits all doesn't fit anybody very good. So it was a custom design system. I learned the ins and outs of it. I learned how to install it. I learned how to install um, panels and bracketing to withstand driving 60 miles an hour down the highway. Um, when you put solar panels on your house or out in your yard, uh, rarely are they going to have the wind shear that they're going to have constantly driving down the highway at 60 miles an hour. Um, so I learned how to install it. I learned how to um, how the different systems interact. I, um, I had to learn a lot about the RV electrical system to tie into it with the solar. And then after it was installed, we really had to learn how to manage it. Um, the ins and outs of it, I still think at this point, I, I have more to learn there. But um, I'm competent. I'm competent in the, the functionality. I'm competent. I'm confident that the... the the system was installed properly that it it's as big as it can possibly be for the room that we have um we do have capabilities to expand and we also design the system that we can take this out and put it somewhere else um if it's if when if <laughs> if if this trailer is ever done i mean when this trailer is uh, is done and wrapped up we're going to be able to unmount the panels, take out the the electronics that are inside and transfer them into a small cabin, into a different trailer. Um, yeah, so that whole solar system skill, uh, everything from the design to the to the management has been probably the biggest project and skill I've acquired since deciding to go um, full time RV. Along with that uh, came power conservation. Uh, I'm still not very good at this, and it's it's gotten easy to be lazy with it when we have sat sat here in Tennessee because we have uh, shore power and we have relatively cheap shore power. Um, and I don't know if it's because of the kilowatt hour price or because we were so so conscious of our power consumption because of um of being on solar and when we couldn't when we didn't have enough solar we had to run generator which cost us money because we had to buy propane to run the generator um i think when you live and you run a generator to compensate your power 
you have that pocketbook hit right up front, even if it's cheaper. And I never really calculated out um, what what we were paying like per kilowatt hour. Um, but even if it's cheaper, the the impact of having to take the money out of your wallet to fill the propane tank when you uh, when you run out and you need it to uh, to turn the lights on, that is way different than getting that electric bill at the end of the month and going, well, I left the lights on a little too long uh, three weeks ago Tuesday, um, so I need to stop that. It's an instant feedback there. Well, more instant. So power consumption was something that we really we really learned how to manage, how to minimize. Uh, along with that water conservation, oh man, I, we live on such little resources. Sometimes I, sometimes I talk to other people, and I don't, I don't think about the fact that we we are wholly focused on resource management. <laughs> that is that has become one of uh, one of my. I would say full-time jobs. Corey, Corey's very good at it too. Um, but the the restocking and things kind of go into my wheelhouse. So the more we use, the more I have to do, um, the more I have to fill the water, the more I have to uh, mess around. Well, not right now with the power, but when we don't have shore power, the power, um, it, uh, it, it's a full-time job. It's a full-time job. Uh, water conservation, we really, we really had to adjust and learn how to live with less water. And is it, um, is it convenient? Probably not. Is it doable? Absolutely. For sure. For sure. Uh, we even to this point, don't hook up to city water. We have a, we have water we could hook up to here. We have a, uh, a spigot. We could hook it up to the camper, have pressurized water in the camper other than the, the RV pump. But we decided to stay with the fill, the tank every time just to keep that mental awareness of, you know, if we were on the road, we would be doing this. We would be going and getting the water. We'd be filling the tank. Um, and when you do that, when you do that, it really opens your eyes to how much water you use. It keeps you keyed into um, not letting the water run when you brush your teeth. Um, not uh, like we don't, when dishes are done, when Corey does dishes, <laughs> that's another thing with the small sink space and all of the low furniture. Um, <laughs> when, when the dishes are done, it's not fill the sink with two gallons of water and wash the dishes and drain and run it down the drain. Uh, we've adapted Corey came and found Corey found and started using um, a bar dish soap that conserves water. We changed uh, uh, everything we did with uh, toilet and, uh, and, and that whole end of things to not use water. Um, man, I think our biggest consumption of water is, is, is easily the dogs. And like Corey and I are down to, you know, drinking our water, um, showers, uh, showers every other, every other day, hopefully, um, depending on the weather <laughs> for sure. Uh, but yeah, very little water cooking tea and coffee, um, and, and very minimal use otherwise. So 
we go through, I think right now we're at 40 gallons every couple days. Is that where you're at? Depending on how much dishes we do, uh, how much cooking we do, and how much cleaning has to be done. Um, yeah, it's every couple days. Every couple days, I think I'm out filling. Uh, right now, I think when we're parked, we've gotten a little lax. Um, but yeah, probably, yeah, probably three to five. Probably three to five somewhere. Um, yeah, if we were doing laundry here, we would we'd be doing more for sure. Uh, Rewilder Life says, "Yep, the dogs here consume lots of water, and Rager isn't full size." Yeah, um, ours consume extra. Uh, oh man, Walter and Norman consume so much extra water because of the slobber that um, forms in the bowl when they drink. Because you can fill the you can fill the um, the water up, and as soon as they drink it, they get one drink per bowl uh, because everything drains back in and it's disgusting. And they don't want to drink it. We don't want to hear them drink it. And um, usually they'll drink it and just go throw it up somewhere. So then we have to clean it up. So basically, you fill the bowl. Um, depending on what time of day it is and when, why you're doing it, if they're super thirsty, you, you kind of gauge how much you put in to give them enough to drink and not waste a bunch in the bottom that is going to get ruined. So yeah, it's a, it's definitely a balancing act. Jim says pump soap dispensers waste up to 33% more soap. Interesting. Interesting. Pump soap, soap dispensers. Bar soap. Bar soap is the is the way to go for sure. Um, so water conservation, power conservation. Uh, one of the skills when we when we took off, so <laughs> I should run down here a little farther. Um towing a big trailer. Towing a big trailer is something that I've learned. Uh and and Corey for sure, because she drives full time for us, but uh I have to maneuver the rig also. I had never pulled a trailer this large i don't think i tried to think back when we bought it and i don't even think in any of the industrial settings that i ever ever had a vehicle that i drove or a piece of equipment that was this total length uh with our truck in the trailer Corey said she definitely hadn't she'd she'd driven smaller uh like snowmobile trailers things like that utility trailers um and I, I mean, even if I had once or twice, it was nothing memorable and not enough experience. It would have been like pulling it straight down through uh, through a yard somewhere. Um, but yeah, I couldn't remember a spot. So learning to maneuver, learning to handle um, a, a trailer this size is definitely a different experience. I do agree that backing up a trailer that's longer is easier than shorter. Um, I also know that you can't see shit when it's 32 foot long. Um, we've installed the camera on the back of the camera or on the back of the camper. It's meh. Um, basically, we we run a two two person team, uh, one behind as a spotter and a communicator and one driving and uh, and running the gas. But um, even going forward compensating for the swings compensating for the space you need to get in and out especially of someplace is is way different than um way different than anything we've driven 
uh, along with this, learning to run or uh, drive the trailer, drive the camper, tow the camper, drive the truck with the camper. There we go. Uh, is very quickly evaluating gas stations. And this was on my side of, like, I made a whole list. And then the, then this morning, I asked Corey to to chime in to, to bulk the list up a little bit. But um, my job in the traveling is, uh, quote unquote, navigator. It is um, finding gas stations. It's making sure everything's okay, getting her anything she needs while she drives. Uh, one of the, the things with the gas stations is I try to get a overhead. I try to use like uh, the Google or uh, GPS, whatever GPS system we're using. I try to get an overhead view of the gas station, but a lot of the times they're old, outdated, um, or they have canopies. You can't really tell what's going on. When we exit or when we find a gas station... Corey is really good. She's gotten really good uh, even while driving. But for a long time, it was my eyes and decision as we're rolling up to decide if we had enough room to get in and out. And it can get very stressful um, when there's traffic around, when uh, we're at the end of a long day traveling or we're getting low on fuel. And you have to make that decision whether we can get in and out or we have to go find someplace else because then you have to do that immediately. Or if we go for it and get in there and hopefully not get stuck. We haven't gotten stuck yet, have we, in a gas station? <laughs> Knock on wood. Uh, she says we've been close for sure. Yeah, we've been in some tight spots. Um, my beautiful bride has, has got us out of all of that many times. Uh, I have to say too many times that we've ended up in spots. But we're getting better at evaluating where we need to go. I'll tell you, if we had a diesel truck, if we had a diesel truck, the gas stations would be easier because you could go to a truck stop and you could go to the truck lanes. But um, that was only one small thing about a diesel that we uh, we were excited about. And we didn't even realize that until we were on the road, really. So quickly evaluating gas stations, we learned how to pull that trailer um, one thing that, uh, I don't think you think about, I didn't think about it when, uh, when we started to launch, I did a little bit, um, but I didn't think it would be that hard. It's not necessarily hard. It's time consuming and it can get frustrating. It is finding things in a new town every time you move. <laughs> If you think about it, and I thought about it this way after the fact, when you move, like I've moved a, a ton of times in my life, a lot of the times it's in the same area, or at least to an area that you've been to before. So you moved a couple towns over, you moved in the same town, you moved in a city, uh, you moved from a city to the suburb, but you're still in the relative area. I've made a couple major moves in my life. Um, one from New York to Minnesota, one in New York when I went to college, um, different things like that, where there was a great distance in between. And when I got to the area, I knew nothing. I didn't know. Um, I didn't know the local, you know, the local grocery store, what gas stations were good and what gas stations weren't good. Uh, where's the good diner, things like that. And 
it always takes quite a while to to get in that groove to find the local places to find the good places to get groceries to find the good butcher shop things like that um it always takes a while it's i mean i i have uh there were things that i found in some of the places i live a year or two after the little local hotspots, the 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 must go things, and that's that's the things that we're interested in. Um, I've had to figure out how to really find those places, um, and not just the the cool little restaurants like the grocery store. Uh, last year when we were in Texas, we went to the the a crappy grocery store for a month. Before we realized that just on the other side of town, on uh, almost the same distance, easier drive, just we hadn't been there, was a fantastic grocery store. Um, it's, it just, you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And looking online, man, you can, you can read all the reviews you want. You can look at all the maps you want. You can do all the Google searches you want. You can search all the map programs and things just don't come up. Things don't, aren't listed. Nobody took the, the, the time to put them online. Um, and so doing that every time you move is, it's kind of exhausting. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, when you, we were traveling, when we traveled every day, when we were on a trip, uh, it got really tough because we were looking for specific things when we stopped. Uh, when we sat down for a week, uh, had some time to feel it out, but definitely had to find the essentials, had to find out where to fill my water, had to find out um, where to get groceries, where to get gas, where to get beer. Um, if you could get beer, <laughs> figuring out all the different, uh, figuring out all the different rules and regulations and uh, and things like that local um local idiosyncrasies like when we got here and nothing's open on mondays and tuesdays uh that everything closes at eight o'clock it's um it's it's adapting every time you move as if you just move to a new state or a new city so that was definitely an acquired skill good morning hanging laundry how are you doing um she says she has a glass bottle for soap foaming type it all gets used, but I could see that in a commercial setting. Yeah, uh, I think it just pumps too much is the is the rub on that. Like it squirts out too much. Um, yeah, that's what he just said. They're designed to pump out a certain amount of soap per pump. The manufacturers make them so the pumps out more than you need. And so you use more and buy more weird weird <laughs> um so yes finding the essentials in new areas constantly all the time was definitely a skill we had to do um one of the things that i had to work on with me and i'm still i'm still not there i'm still not i haven't completely i haven't completely mastered this skill by any means but letting go of control um understanding that I even I have less control over what happens than I ever did than I ever did you always had an illusion of control and um 
on the homestead in your home you can set your life up to to kind of um to fit your needs <laughs> dog the dogs this morning are absolutely uh insane they decided that today was the day they were going to tear apart one of their toys they have toys that they 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 love they carry around they bring you um and they last for months and months and months and then one day they decide to tear the shit out of it and um this morning is one of those days they destroyed one of their toys so they're back there wrestling with a sock basically not our sock like just the the rag left over of a big stuffed toy so yeah yeah one of those mornings but anyway i think we set ourselves up with an illusion of control uh on the homestead i understood that like you know animals gonna die and this and that but i set myself up i set, set up routines i set up um uh you know uh uh preps um supplies i was prepared um if things happened i was able to absorb them way easier than when we're on the road kind of isolated in our trailer we've set up as much as we can we have backups to handle the weird shit that happens but a lot of the time shit's going to happen and it never goes as you you please or as you want <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it definitely is a challenge living with these dogs in the camper. <laughs> um, but nothing ever really goes as you planned on these trips. I think the, the, oh, Jesus, oh. um, I think that planning the trip and and having them go exactly as we had planned has been the the uh, exception more than the rule at all anywhere close um and letting go of that and being okay with it and just rolling with it is something that i've really had to work on myself because i was no good at it i was no good at it i would get frustrated things didn't go exactly the way i wanted and it it threw me off I think going on those first pre-trips, those two trips, the trip to Washington and the trip down to SRF and back, um, really set in the 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 fact that I needed to that I needed to um, to be able to do that to let go. Um, Hanging laundry says the dogs aren't a problem for us. Yeah, I mean that's cool. I I I, I appreciate that um they distract the shit out of me when they're running back and forth in the other room like i just can't keep a, a straight thought in my head um but thank you and and so letting go of control just like that like i don't have that like we can control that is the thing um but yeah letting go of control understanding that these things are gonna they're not gonna always go the way we plan there's no way to know um what's going to happen and even as much as you can plan to roll into some place it, 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 it might not be the way that you're expecting um another skill managing a composting <laughs> toilet you think hey you just you just shit in the toilet and it uh, it works it composts we if you've listened to the show for the last year or more 
you you have heard the struggles that we've had with it with uh this particular one uh, we love it i'm not saying anything um we we love it we prefer it to to indoor plumbing to uh, a normal plumb toilet but we had to learn to manage it we had to figure out how often it had to be changed we've had to troubleshoot um issues we've had with it and uh, really get it uh smoothed out and over the last year we have and i think at this point we're perfectly comfortable with it i don't think that um i don't think <laughs> uh i don't th i don't think that uh, i would go back to an indoor toilet you no no i wouldn't i wouldn't jim says uh, a great new tagline for for the composting toilet new and improved just shit in it <laughs> i mean the outhouse uh the pit outhouse that that would probably be a, a good tagline this this style toilet took some learning it took some um getting used to it took some evaluating and adjusting but at this point uh i think we're good we've we've kind of dialed it in we have uh, a system that we use and uh and a time frame i know when i have to uh, order more material for it and it just it's working but it definitely was an acquired skill it um it is definitely an acquired skill using the the toilet in the camper with your partner here um not at the same time but essentially essentially yeah like essentially you are um the the door that is in between us uh in between the bathroom and the main room it's it's a hollow core rv door and the the gap underneath like i can slide my foot under it so i mean i guess essentially we're in the same room um <laughs> It's uh, it's uh, yeah. You know, if you get a, have to get a wide stance there sometime, and uh, I slide my my feet over, I I, re I sometimes look down and my foot is kind of in the other room underneath the door. So, um, <laughs> uh, so it it's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, Hanging laundry says I would hate dealing with black water in an RV. Yeah. Um, I would never in an RV go to Blackwater. Never, 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 ever, ever, ever uh, do Blackwater in an RV um, for multiple reasons. One, I I don't mind changing the composting toilet. I uh, it really isn't that gross. By the time you get to it, it's it's pretty much like soil. When you're dumping a black tank, that is it's super. That is that is solids and liquids mixed together, making nasty sewage. Um, and Jim says, I rarely pee inside. Why would I want to waste all that nitrogen? My bananas love it. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't pee inside. I don't pee inside. And it does save water. Um, the the water consumption on the the black tank system is unreal. It's absolutely unreal. Uh, the composting toilet uses zero. Uh, and um, yeah, that's another way that we can keep that water from just spiraling out of control. Like when you have to go and physically get the water and bring it here to flush the toilet, you realize that, uh, man, peeing outside 
Corey, uh, there's a urine diverter on our composting toilet. What is that? Every day you fill it? Every Every other day she's got to dump that out. I don't use that, so I don't have to dump it out. Uh, I just walk outside. Just walk outside. Saves saves gallons and gallons and gallons of water a day. Uh, Rewild their life says they don't use the black water tank either. Nope. Yeah, it's um, and then it's it's someplace we have to we have to find to go dump that. We have to locate a, a place to go. Like here, we would be lucky. We have a septic here that we dump our gray water into. Um, but when we were boondocking we would literally have to go find some place to dump the black water. No, like I'm not packing and there, and there are transfer methods. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to have to pack up my camper and pull it somewhere to dump it. It's just, it's not, it's not desirable to me at all anyway. Um, and after experiencing the, the composter in the trailer, I think uh, the house will have one too. If we build a house, we build a cabin, another trailer. I don't think I'll ever really desire having an indoor um, toilet plumbing again. Uh, managing on limited food stores is another um, is another thing that we had to adjust to, and locally sourcing and figuring out how to get back to getting groceries every um, <laughs> every week, pretty much. Uh, you can see over my shoulder, if you're watching the video, that there's a, a little tiny freezer there, a little tiny fridge. Uh, if you've ever been in an RV, you know that they're not big. Coming from the farm with multiple, multiple uh, deep freezers, a full refrigerator in our kitchen. When we were in the homestead, we had in our kitchen a full stand-up freezer and a full stand-up refrigerator with no fridge, no freezer on the top. Like two full six... Was, was they shorter than me i would think like six foot tall they were pretty tall <laughs> they were they were very large appliances and it was a full refrigerator and a full freezer next to each other um we had a very 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 large farmhouse kitchen and um we went from that plus multiple chest freezers and all our food stores that we could ever want really um to that <laughs> little freezer and refrigerator um, and a couple cabinets full of, uh, full of backup skills. I don't know what that means. Gingerbread farms. I'm sorry. Um, so managing, managing our lives with, um, managing our lives with less, figuring out how to start going to the grocery store every week again. Like I said, like when we were on the farm, we were going, was we were at a month, once a month uh, in the prime of our, our, our existence up there. Um, oh, sorry, gingerbread. Yeah. Talking about things I've learned or acquired skills wise on the road as an RV, things that we've had to figure out or adjust to, or, uh, or just learn to make this possible. Um, so, the limited food stores, the limited um, freezer space is our big thing. Uh, long-term storage. We've kind of flipped. We've uh, we've stored some some freeze-dried food instead of frozen meat. Um, that has helped. We um, we've gotten good at um, at planning out meals again and and picking up what we need and then a little extra. 
Um, we can usually, we could probably go two weeks, I would say. Uh, easy, with, not easy, but uh, with what we could store in the fridge, in the freezer, uh, if we um, <laughs> if we needed to. But right now we have a, a, a system in place where we go grocery shopping every week. So we're just kind of rotating through that with a little buffer on the other end. Um, we were able to figure out how to secure some beef uh, locally since we were going to sit down for, for quite a while. Uh, that opportunity came up and that, that has been nice. Um, but yeah, sourcing food and you can tell by my weight and, uh, and my physical condition condition since we left has been a struggle. Um, eating healthy, eating the way we were on the farm has been a probably not first priority. Um, but B it's, it's difficult. So if you add those two things together, it's, it's really slipped. I, I need to get better at it. I don't know if that's uh, if that's a new year's resolution or what, but I need to, um, I need to get better at eating better and taking care of myself that way nutritionally. Uh, but it's tough. It is definitely tough. Um, transitioning to this way. An excuse. It's basically an excuse is all it is, but, um, yeah, it, 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 it is tough. It's tough to keep fresh food here in the in the trailer with um the climate control inside and the the refrigerator is very hard to manage like that's a whole a whole skill in itself is managing an rv um an rv refrigerator because they don't they don't function like uh, your normal typical um residential refrigerator for sure like our food ends up frozen all the time <laughs> all the time the the thermostat is just wonky and uh yeah you could do a, a whole class on how to run that one of those so managing limited food stores um Corey and i um had to learn how to deal with each other and i don't say that in a bad way any i mean like i don't think that she's hard to deal with in general that's that's for sure um, we are very comfortable with each other. I've never, never really been with anybody that I've gotten along with so much as her. Um, I think we were perfect candidates to do this together, but even at that, um, we, we never realized that there's nowhere to go. And then we knew it. We knew it. We we watched videos. We knew what we were in for. But until you experience nowhere to go when you're pissed off, when you're upset, when you don't want to be around that other person just for whatever reason, um, it's different. Mention the bathroom earlier. Um, hang out in the bathroom with each other while you're pooping uh, and 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 get to know each other really well, uh, for sure. I mean, we do have a door we can close. It's not like we're staring at each other while we're doing it, but we might as well be in the same room. Be in a position where you walk outside when you're angry. Like if you'd walk into the other room, you go do your thing in your man cave, you go out to the garage, walk outside and, and mumble under your breath and have the other person be able to hear it. Go in your bedroom and have everything that you say to yourself or you want to say or you want to punch the pillows or whatever 
whatever you want to do because you're angry with that person they they are watching you <laughs> they're uh they're participating in it um it is something that you have to learn it is acquired as you go along and i think we're to a point where we're just it is what it is like we know that different things make each other angry like people aren't happy all the time like it, it it's not it's 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 impossible um so we've just we've learned to deal with it we understand that we have to deal with it and uh we give each other grace like we understand that that one of each other is going to be angry and we just it is what it is and don't take it personal don't take it personal even though it is like you know it is you know they're angry at you and there's no place to go. Um, I think we're okay with it. You ready to kill me? <laughs> she she has a big smile on her face when I said that, guys. Um, tomorrow on the Lost Project, how Brian survived the night. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, so to learning to deal with uh, with each other in a super small space with nowhere to go. Uh, with the bathroom when you're angry uh, it's just there are a lot of there's a lot of getting to know each other even though we had been together for man for 15 years before we took off almost um, yeah there's a lot of getting to know each other but it's cool it's cool um, one last thing I guess we're here at uh, almost 58 minutes I'll hit one or uh, maybe two things here before we wrap up but um, adjusting to one vehicle was a skill that we had to to do. I actually tried to think back uh, after Corey mentioned it. And if I've been with someone my whole life, we've had two vehicles, at least. Corey and I had three vehicles at some points um, between the two of us. Having that second vehicle to be able to go two different directions, to be able to one person go and not worry about the other one not being able to 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 go somewhere in an emergency, um, plan planning out who's using the vehicle is something that we had to learn. That was different. It's just not. It, it's just something that we hadn't experienced ourselves, um, and it uh, it makes you take a pause at some points. Uh, there was an episode I did a ways back about when I was thinking about going to Tim's um, with, hey, K-Mount, good morning. Uh, I was going out to Tim's with no cell service uh, and the fact that there was no one to come and get me. Corey was here. Corey was 20 minutes away, but she had no way to drive to me. Um, we've thought about addressing it through a secondary vehicle. Right now, it isn't really a feasibility. We're not going to tow something behind our trailer. Um, and we really don't, uh, have us have the money or desire to get like an electric bike. And that's only going to get you so far. Yeah. It's a, it's something that you have to adjust to and deal with and plan for if you can. But like I said earlier, you got to give up control because you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> and it's, 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 uh, it's a, it's a leap of faith. It really is. Um, hoping things go well and, and, and understanding that you can deal with it if they don't. We can figure it out. We can figure it out. We talk about all the time. We talk about contingencies. If this, then that. What if this? Um, just walking through those scenarios, having a plan in place, just in case, um, to overcome the shortcomings that we have. 
And the last one I want to hit right here before we wrap up is the climate control in the camper. Uh, we've had to learn how to uh, manage it. One, uh, it is different managing this the climate in here as compared to a uh, sticks and bricks house. Uh, keeping reflectics in the window, taking them out when needed to heat up and cool using uh, the natural sun. Um, and then adjusting to different temperature comfort zones. Uh, yeah, like we're sitting here at 55 degrees and a little chilly, but it's not bad. Like I would be okay to make it through the day at this temperature, although it's going to get way warmer in here uh, in a little bit. But then on the top end too, we had to adjust to higher uh, constant temperatures when it's summertime and it's it's hard to cool it. Uh, it's just lack of insulation and uh, just, a, just a different way of heating and cooling, so. Um, gingerbread farm says can't tow behind a ball hitch. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I said we can't tow behind it. Um, can't tow behind a ball hitch, uh, only a fifth wheel. Yeah, I was, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, what about, uh, what about a, a car trolley on the back? I don't think it's towing. I think it's actually attached, but I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we're not we're not considering it at this point, so it doesn't really matter. Huh? <laughs> Corey says she's not driving that. I'm just saying I don't have any interest in doing it. She's like, I'm not gonna drive it. <laughs> uh but anyway, guys, those that that's uh that's kind of my list here. Um I appreciate you hanging out. I appreciate you listening. Uh, again, 325,000 Satoshis on Friday and a Bitcoin episode, just Bitcoin random variety update. If you have any questions or topics you'd like me to squeeze in on that, just let me know and I will get them on the list to discuss questions, concerns, or uh, insights on Bitcoin that you'd like me to share. Um, let me uh, let me wrap up here, guys. If you'd like to participate in that show, definitely to get a chance at winning the Satoshis or any of the, the live comments, you can always join the live recording Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Central on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with others. You can find links to all my social media services I offer, recommended products, and companies I'm affiliated with at thelotsproject.com. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcast 2.0 value for value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great day, guys. It's hump day. Get over that hump. We will see you on the downslide tomorrow.